once knew these two guys. Each, in their own way, had had it all. And blew it. Left with broken brains and battered bravery, having to find parts of themselves they had seen in film and cinema. But who were they anymore? If they were going to do this, it needed to be the most thorough search for identity ever undertaken. Welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast with your hosts, Ben Groves and Rob McFarland. This episode contains spoilers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast. My name is Ben Groves. And my name is Rob McFarlane. Welcome to the show where two friends with very bad mental health uh, examine movies instead of themselves. Yeah, buddy. Gets tiring, right? It gets tiring constantly looking inward. So we like to look outward at films. I think in recognition of that, though, Ben, before I ask what we're doing, I should ask, how are you doing? How are you doing, Ben? I'm doing I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Christmas was all right. It was pretty fun. Nice. My partner was working Christmas Day, so we did a little Christmas Eve gathering. So it was me, my partner, lovely. and two of our friends. So that was lovely. Adam and Polly. Is your partner Father Christmas? Yes. Right. That explains the working on Christmas Day. Cool. Yeah. Cool, yeah, cool, yeah. cool, cool. Other than that, buddy, I uh, we're kind of in the grey days right now between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. I don't really know what's yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what, what date it is. I don't know what time it is. Is it New Year now? <laughs> Are the elves asleep now? Is Mariah Carey freezing in a freezer somewhere, waiting to be Hopefully. thawed out next late November? Yeah, yeah. I think she's she's entered the late cryogenic stage now. She'll be fully frozen. Got you. Got soon. you. Got you. Soon. How about you, man? How are you? Yeah, man. Uh, good. It was nice. You know, Christmas is obviously busy, but it was nice to get Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day. Yeah, um, I imagine sort of like just resting. Watched loads of movies. Watched uh, Dream Scenario with Nick Cage. I watched that today. Good film, huh? Mm, yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, the only other news I got is I ruined Slipknot for myself again. How? I love them. And one of my favourite songs. Yeah, they're great. My Plague, right? My Plague. Great track. You know that lyric? I'm turning it around like a knife on a shelf. I want to understand why, but I'm hurting myself. Yeah. Banger. What does I'm turning it around like a knife on a shelf even mean? I don't know. Delicately? Like... It's, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. It's not and nonsense. It indicates, it's nonsense. That's not a phrase. Okay, it might it might not be a phrase before my plague, right, but it okay. is now, and I think that's what we can okay. be thankful for. Okay, because in my mind, turning it around like a knife on a shelf means yeah, delicately turning something like it might stab you, or if it falls off, it's going to injure you. Right? Maybe. Hey, look, if viewers or listeners could get in touch with what they think turning it around like a knife on a shelf means, that would be great. And in the meantime, Ben, what are we doing this week? This week, buddy, we are back on the Marvel train, covering our phase one series. Yeah, we are. And we are into Norse mythology territory. We're covering Mm. Thor from 2011. Thor. So we've gone Iron Man. We've gone Incredible Hulk. We've gone Iron Man 2. And now I always think of this as the third film in in the series. I know. You said it to me yesterday and you confused the shit out of yourself about why this wasn't the third film. It was hilarious to watch. (laughs) Very confusing to be a part of that conversation. Third character. It's the third character we've been introduced to. Sure. 2011. uh, It cost $150 to make. Marvel seems to like that figure when it comes Mm. to funding these Phase 1 movies. It's a nice round figure. Yeah. And this one brought in $449 which is 
Better than the Hulk. Better than yeah. the Hulk. Not as good as Iron Man. Directed by Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, buddy! <laughs> I fucking could not believe that Branagh did this. Could not yeah, fucking mate. believe and- it, mate. Andre Sator from Tenet. Yeah. The colonel on the pier. The guy on the pier? Yeah. In Dunkirk. That man made me cry. Yeah. That was good. He did. Um, then Frankenstein. Fucking Frankenstein, the man who <laughs> dressed up Robert De Niro in enough prosthetics to feed a family of amputees for a week. He's the yeah, one yeah. behind Thor. It's insane. He's the man who put Robert De Niro in a ball sack full of eels and then emptied the eel juice into his face and went, I have created life. The maddest Frankenstein film ever. The wettest film in history. <laughs> yes. No, that was Dunkirk. Kenneth uh, Branagh only does wet films. We should investigate only, if this is a wet he, film. Is, this isn't that wet. Oh, there's a it's waterfall that, that falls there off is a Asgard into, the sp- into space. I think Branagh insisted, I will only work on this film. <laughs> yeah, I need, I need at least 300,000 gallons on set mm. at any time, please. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the benefit of those listening who haven't seen this in a while and maybe want a bit of a refresher on how it goes down, or those people who have never seen it and have no plans to and have absolutely no idea why they're listening to an hour-long podcast about a film that they have no interest in, shall we break down the plot of this movie? Just loosely. I've written a yes, breakdown. please. I've not read it. Um, I've seen it. It's, it's in front of me. I've not read it. Yep. Um, I would like... I've, I've colour-coded it. I you have. This is very organised. I think I'll do... You do the green, buddy. I do green? Yeah, you you kick us off. Thor is a big, beefy thunder god lad with a hammer that does all the hard work for him. His father is Odin, king of Asgard, and god of gods who, as the film opens, is rudely interrupted from crowning Thor the new king by an invasion of frost giants come to nick his trophies. Understandably miffed about his ruined coronation, Thor grabs his scheming brother Loki and a group of camp theatre buddies to go perform the musical Stomp down at Frost Giant HQ, killing a few dozen dudes, reducing their city to slushy ice and nearly starting a war in the process. Daddy Odin has come to pick them up from the scrap, pops a blood vessel trying to explain why Thor is an arrogant, naive, spoiled prick (laughs) who doesn't deserve what he has. Thor pipe. (laughs) Pipes up. <laughs> Thor pipes up, and Odin slaps the bitch to Earthrealm with no access to his hammer until he's proven he's worthy of its power. He immediately gets hit by a van driven by Dr. Jane Foster and her sort of science-adjacent duo of a professor, Professor Selvig, and mm-hmm. the intern, Darcy. Um, as they marvel at his physique in strange ways, elsewhere, Agent Coulson of S.H.I.E.L.D. builds sort of the shittest Glastonbury stage yet seen around mm. Thor's hammer. Mm-hmm. Because when alien technology lands in your country, you protect it with cling film. Yes, you do. It's multi-purpose. <laughs> Thor and Jane start hitting it off romantically until he finds out the locals were having a tug-off competition in the desert <laughs> before S.H.I.E.L.D. turned up. I should have read this beforehand. This is hard. <laughs> <laughs> so they were having a tug-off competition in the desert before S.H.I.E.L.D. turned up and made them put their dicks away. Yeah, they try to get the hammer out of the stone. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite King Arthur, but more hillbilly Arthur. It's fine. Yep. Uh, Promising to get back the research S.H.I.E.L.D. stole from Jane, he punches his way through at least two of the polytunnel sheets. It's thick (laughs) cling film. That's pure strength, that is. And soldiers that surprisingly offer even less resistance. Couldn't agree more. They are massive. (laughs) Maybe Coulson was right about the cling film thing. In brackets, you've put that. 
You've put that yeah. in brackets and I like it uh. because I've already steered down this road and now I feel validated. It's <laughs> great. Thanks, man. He tries his best with his hammer, but having his dad knock is worthy. Confidence. The poor lad can't get it up no matter how hard he tugs. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> Loki, meanwhile, has discovered he's actually adopted, stolen the throne from Odin and sent a giant mechanical fireman to Earthrealm to bitch slap Thor. This man is productive. He's fucking <laughs> mad productive. But having grown wise to Loki's general bastardry, the camp theatre mates come down to Earth and achieve... I mean, they achieve fuck all, to be nothing. honest. They do Thor nothing. sacrifices himself so they can get away from the destroyer mechanical fireman thing. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't you know it, that's just the ticket to get back into Daddy Odin's good books. Yeah, buddy. Newly humbled and still cut as fuck. Thor slaps the shit out of the Tin Man and returns home to do the same to his brother. Loki, however, drunk with power and the freedom of being blue dabba dee dabba die. <laughs> fuck's sake. <laughs> now I see why you wanted me to read the green, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, it's got sure, all sure. the shameful lines. Oh, mate, you wait till next week. It's going to be great. <laughs> Loki, however, drunk with power and the freedom of being blue dabba dee dabba die, has set the full power of Asgard's transportation network come nuclear option onto the frost giant homeworld. Thor turns off the nuke beam by destroying the rainbow bridge, saving <laughs> saving the giants at the cost of ever returning to Earth for Jane. Loki is cast into the great unknown and gets sucked off by an enormous black hole. Odin <laughs> stops napping in order... And order is restored. Thor, all the wiser and stronger for it. To recap, Trust Fund Baby throws his toy hammer out of the pram so hard that Daddy takes it away and kicks him out of the house until he meets a girl and gets a real job. I fucking hate how accurate that is. <laughs> That's so stupid. But it works so fucking Dad, well. I don't want to get up at 7am. Fuck you, Dad. I'm going to go fight. You'll do it, oh. boy. Damn your eyes, boy. You'll do it. <laughs> Did you just use eyes plural because Odin only has one eye? It's the only Anthony Hopkins bit. Damn your eyes! Damn oh, your okay. eyes, man! Okay. So, obviously, with where we are in Marvel now, Iron Man 1, they took that huge risk, huge financial gamble. They borrowed half a billion pounds from famed charity workers Merrill Lynch. Um, nothing but gold hearts in that building. Nothing but gold hearts, mate. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, they've never yeah, seen yeah. a puppy they haven't kicked. I've never um, been to a Feed the Children rally where it's, no it's not riddled. With Merrill, Merrill Lynch. It's just heaving. You know, they took the gamble. It paid off spectacularly. Yeah. They did the Hulk. They did the Hulk. It was kind of a bit shit and everyone said it was shit. But at the time, it was fine. I mean, it is shit, though. <laughs> it, it is shit, is. though, isn't it? They then did Iron Man. They did Iron Man 2. They were all nervous and defensive after the uh, Incredible Hulk. They didn't let uh, John Favreau do what he wanted to do. And they ended up with a bit of a compromised movie. But that's fine. New character now. Clean slate. This is a clean slate. Clean this is slate. a new character, and this is fucking Mary Shelley, this Frankenstein man behind the fucking project, right? Yeah, right. So rewatching Thor, I right. know why this is objectively the best Marvel movie so far. Fuck off. The best Marvel movie so far, buddy. I Shut know why your it is mouth. objectively the objectively. best one. Objectively. Okay, that is a statement that can only come from a man who wanks on all fours. That is ridiculous. Joke's on you. I do it belly up in the garden. <laughs> <laughs>
You didn't know how that sentence was going to end, did I you? Didn't you just realize, let your mouth I, take just, that one. It just, the filter came out. It was fine. <laughs> this film, buddy. State your case, because that is okay. an objective. That is an objectively ridiculous phrase. Okay. This is my, this is my whole argument. This mm-hmm. is the most ambitious movie so far by a fucking long shot, right? It is right. It is massively ambitious. It's the first big sci-fi. And when I say big, I mean fucking huge mm. sci-fi. Yes. Showcases the cosmic possibilities of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alien worlds, alien races, and how the mm-hmm. universe, for this small part, is governed. Yeah. That is fucking monumental for the storyline that we're in so far. We've had Iron Man 1, Earthbound, yeah. Incredible Hulk. We saw Brazil and yeah. a bit of a university, right? <laughs> that's that's as far as we've yeah. been exploring. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then Iron Man 2, we see a little bit more of the world. Okay. So, so far, we've seen the Middle East, we've seen America, and we've seen Brazil. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thor hey, comes along. a bit of London in Thor 2, but we're not there yet. We get to see the frost giant world. We see Asgard. Mm-hmm. We see Earth. We see the fucking frost... The Bifrost that takes yep. people between them. Thor explains this huge cosmic tree which bonds nine realms together. It's enormous, man. And it's the first off-Earth world building we've ever seen in the Marvel franchise. It is. It is. It shows how massively vast it is. It shows how unlimited the MCU has a potential to be, even if this is only a brief glimpse. But this is the birthplace of everything that comes after monumentally right. important right now. Okay, I get that. I get that. That's mm-hmm. a, I, I will agree with you, right? This was a necessary step in 100%. Marvel's journey to, to building out the whole like world. I remember reading the comics mm-hmm. and like Jack Kirby and the Fantastic Four was my shit, right? That was my jam. Okay. The Cosmic Marvel, I was like, oh, wicked. Because in a comic at the age of nine, I didn't even question that it was a bit fruity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was just like, Why oh, would you? it's fine. It's, yeah, you're right. okay, yeah, scrolls, whatever. Yeah, watching Robert Downey Jr. play a sort of relatable tale of a of a tech genius slash addict who builds a literal suit of armor to protect himself and others. Yeah, told in a quite grounded way. So I understand in order to get to those comic worlds that I loved and didn't question. Yeah, you needed this film, and it's a big yes. gamble as to whether or not audiences would accept it. I I, I wouldn't want to be Kenneth Branagh trying to bring that whole slightly fruitier side of Marvel. But without this, you wouldn't have Guardians, you wouldn't have Thanos. You wouldn't have Eternals. I mean, you wouldn't have Eternals. Maybe this film was a massive mistake. (laughs) (laughs) I'd give a lot to not have it. Although, to be fair, Marvel brought out Eternals and then just pretended they didn't. Nothing that's happened in that film has been referenced. I gave up after Thanos, because what was the point in it? I think I watched two other movies and I was like, (laughs) nothing's happening. Oh, I saw Doctor yes. Strange or Evil Dead 4, whatever the fuck Sam Raimi made with a bunch of zombies I, and a book I, and a man in a cape. <laughs> I, I would love to see a sequel to Doctor Strange. Unfortunately, no such film exists. Yeah, it's um, crazy. And we await the day that there is a sequel to Doctor Strange. Let's hope that it treats my favourite character, Scarlet Witch, really kindly and doesn't make her some sort of misogynist mom monster. Um, yeah. yeah. So I get, yeah, I get your that's, point. That's great. <laughs> I get, that's great. I get, I get your point about it being a risk. I get your point about the scope. I get yeah. your point about it being a big sci-fi. Yeah. I don't get your point about it being objectively the best, but I think we might get there. The fantastical thing, very true. There are some incredibly fantastical things in this movie. When yes. they go down to Jotunheim and they're fighting the frost giants mm-hmm. and there's a fucking frost beast that's climbing up along the underside of a frozen shelf. Yeah, buddy. 
incredible, it right? around like a knife on a shelf. It's mwah, beautiful. He wants to understand why, but he's hurting himself. And then Thor just right. Th- flies right through his fucking mouth. <laughs> it's incredible. Maybe that's what it means. Maybe, Maybe he was means. he was turning it around like a knife on a shelf and Thor just fucking yeah. impaled him. Before he could fire any more drummers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like it is a brilliantly fantastical movie. The the high fantasy of this is brilliant. It does yeah. kind of smack a little bit of Lord of the Rings, and I can Sure. I think it's of that era, and I think that's the visual reference they had. Like the frost giants are orcs. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, they I mean, kind of, yeah, kind of. And it's got, it's like the Asgardians are quite high elfish in a lot of ways. What, like Earth protectors type shit? Just, yeah. They, the elves kind of protect the hobbits. They're just camp theatre lads, aren't they? Like yeah. all of Asgard is a camp theatre show. But I kind of feel like if you're going to do a high fantasy movie, it has to be that. You can't have like a high yeah, fantasy movie. It. <laughs> yeah, you can't have just sort of like Barry from the fucking Greasy Spoon down the road being sort of like, all right, mate, yeah, I'm going to Asgard. Do you want anything? Do you want out for a chop on way, mate? I've fucking Bifrost on its way here in a sec. I would, it, I would watch not that work. film so fucking yeah, much. Dude, me too. I just got goosebumps. That's everything I wanted Will Smith's bright to be. And it wasn't. <laughs> it was just fucking, Will Smith's dull. <laughs> Will Smith's dull. That's incredible. That is incredible. I, I really struggle with high fantasy stuff. Like Lord of the Rings is yeah. taken me maybe 15 years to actually watch the trilogy. <laughs> like I watched, I watched the first two in the cinema and the second one, I was sitting against the wall. It was fully packed out, and it was it was one of those theaters where it was a really long fucking you know yeah. uh, row of chairs to get to the aisle. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah, sat yeah. right against the right against the wall. And after about twenty minutes, I finished my large drink, and I'm like, oh, I need a piss. I'll be over in like you know forty minutes, an hour, or whatever. And then two hours later, I'm sitting there literally like in pain. I've not paid attention <laughs> for the last twenty minutes, and I'm too far too British, painfully polite yeah. to to risk pissing myself climbing mm-hmm. over people to get to the aisle. So I just sit there in pain. And then I stopped watching Lord of the Rings because I was like, you know what, fantasy shit. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it. I thought it was shit. So now it, that's kind of stuck with me. And I know it's a very stupid mm-hmm. fucking thing, but it's kind of stuck with me. And I don't. I don't really give fantasy movies the chance that they deserve. I find it incredibly painful to hold your piss in for nearly an hour and a half sitting against the wall. I mean, that as well. That as well, but this is an insult to you. I'm going to relate to you on that and then insult you uh, by saying I find it incredibly painful that the only way that you could connect with possibly the last great author, Tolkien, uh, who invented fantasy worlds, created arguably or popularized the, the field of fantasy, you only got into it, and I'm I'm I I have you've not told me this, but I'm pretty sure this is true. You sure. only got into Lord of the Rings because Magic the Gathering brought out a Lord of the Rings card set. Uh, that's not the reason why, but it did help. <laughs> is it not? <laughs> it is did it help. Not? No. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'd watched it before need, that. It was just kind of you needed a yeah. card game, and you're like, right, get all three movies, extended edition. Get my notebook out. <laughs> oh, no, fuck the notebook. I did watch the extended editions. The first one, why Why is that extended? It's just more walking. We don't need to see that. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, really? You know ben? what I mean? Yeah. Lord of the Rings involves walking. Any no. more original? No, 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 no Rob. Like to- <laughs> the first film is just walking. The extended version is just more walking. Why the fuck do you need that extended? Like, it's not, it's like, it's like doing a behind the scenes of a golf tournament. No one needs to see it. Do you know what I mean? Just, it's people walking around for a bit. That's it. Okay. Okay, fair, fair. But, 
the fantasy genre, unless it's based on a source material that I can relate to or that I understand or that right. I'm familiar with, I'm not going to pay attention to it. And I know I should, and I know I should give it a, a go. Science yeah. fiction, no trouble. Yeah, yeah, easy. You've got you've got the cultural language for that. Exactly. I'm used to that. I grew up on like you know sci-fi horror. It's kind of it's it, the bases mm-hmm. the bases are all covered in like you know sci-fi. But what Bran has done here is he's taken science fiction and he's taken high fantasy and he's sort of blended them together in a way. Yeah, that fits the source material perfectly. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I, th- I would agree with you that Jack Kirby and Jack Kirby and Stan Lee did that very well. And yeah, yeah, definitely. Brenner has been incredibly faithful to that. Exactly. By making it high fantasy, high technology. Yeah. Kenneth Branagh is very faithful to that, but it is scattershot. Like, I feel, I feel like it's multiple tones in this movie. When you're in Earthrealm, when you're in the Asgard, when you're in Jotunheim. Yeah. I think they try and make them all feel like distinct places, but when you're in a new franchise with a new character... Yeah. And you're in essentially, uh, you're trying to find a, a home and a basis and a perspective to see the film through. Mm-hmm. The constant tone switching and the constant sort of vibe switching is quite difficult, I think. Again. It's, that's what sells it for me, man. Really? Yeah. If it wasn't that, if it was just on Earth and we were seeing this through the eyes of like fucking Jane and Darcy, then uh, I yeah, couldn't no, be able that, to handle it. Okay, that would be dull. Yeah. Be dull. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like watching dry paint sit on a wall. But, um, <laughs> okay, here's a question. What's the core of this film? It's high fantasy. It's sci-fi. It's big off-world building. It's off-Earth world mm-hmm. building. Yeah. But this film is the origin of Thor, but it's also the origin of Loki. And that's what really fucking tickles my pickle with this film, man. Okay, that's fair. So it all boils down to two brothers who both believe that they're the hero, right? Mm -hmm. They're both vying for their father's love and acceptance. They both have different approaches and different perceptions of what this means and how best to go about it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you've got Thor, who's like brave warrior with a very (laughs) Viking mentality. We need to fight. Yeah, incredibly gay coded, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but he's like you know, Viking-y. yeah, I get it, I get it. Yeah. But it, with that, it comes that everything's predetermined, and the confidence mm-hmm. and the cockiness and the arrogance that comes with Thor's personality comes from that Viking mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Loki, yep. On the other hand, is incredibly intelligent. He is. He's morally questionable. Yep. In the pursuit of the diet outcome, like nothing is off limits when it comes to the deceit and the manipulation that this guy's willing to, to oh, do nothing. Nothing in order to get his own way. Like nah. nothing's off the table. His sense of right and wrong relies entirely mm-hmm. on him hitting the outcome that is desired for him. Yeah, 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 yeah. A thousand. That's percent. all. That, that's all that matters. Yeah, nothing else. Nothing else. Okay, that even comes close to consideration. But do the ends justify the means? As long as he gets his way. He can correct the history of, of events later. Yeah, yeah. Like after finding out he's the ice giant prince, he's stolen when young, his loyalty yeah. and alliance is permanently in question, not just to him, but to those around him as well. And then you've got the you've also got the fact that Thor and Loki both believe themselves to be the hero of the story. Like neither of them see mm. themselves as a villain. They're completely like, Yes, I am in the right, this is the right thing to do. Okay. And that's, that's fundamentally the, the core of the film for me. This is why it's so fucking good because you're not just setting up like a, a hero mm. arc like we have done in the last few. We're also setting up a long-term villain questionable arc, yeah. villain arc, which is what makes it, again, a richer film experience. 
It. Do you know what? Now you're not only not on Earth, mm. you're now also invested in Thor's continuing storyline, yeah. Earth's continuing storyline, and right. Loki's continuing storyline. But this is where it I think... It sets up a three-way thing. This is where I think we disagree, because I think the film suffers for the setup. Okay. You could have the core of the movie be about these two brothers, right? But fundamentally, mm-hmm. there's a lot of this film, there's a lot of the runtime of this film that's dedicated to setting up things that will get paid off in later films or reference earlier ones. Yes. And as a result, you've got three locations. You've got Jotunheim, you've got Earthrealm, you've got Asgard. You've got, uh, is this film, is the core of this movie The Brothers or is the core of this movie Jane Foster and Thor? Or is it Thor and his father? It's got. It's almost like lots of ideas, all of which are serviceably there and make yeah. sense for a larger story arc. But in yeah. terms of just this film, and in terms of mm-hmm. if this film existed in a vacuum, I don't think it would be yes. all that impressive. I think it would be very much no. a case of it's a little bit, it's a little bit, ugh, it's a little bit mediocre. It feels like Marvel allowed the film to be a good enough standalone film, but a great part of a franchise. And I think... That's what this is. You've just, you've just nailed it there. This is the franchise movie. This is yeah. the movie that, that turns what we've had so far mm-hmm. and cements it as a franchise. Exactly, like This yeah. is what, what guarantees that. You're, you're exactly right in that. And as a standalone film, it's shit because it doesn't <laughs> yeah. answer any yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. just opens, it opens six doors <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and then is like... Bye. Yeah, yeah. That's, and that's the it. time it spends opening those six, only two of those mm-hmm. are to do with this film, right? And yeah. so Iron yeah. Man 1, you can watch it, you can watch no other films and go, that is a great film. Iron Man yeah. 2, you can watch none of the other films and go, that's a, that's a very good film. Can you? I did. I can did. you? I did. I, I've, got, right. I've got a soft spot for, for Mickey Rourke. But I feel like... Okay. Same. This this is entirely unremarkable by itself as a film. It's a pretty boilerplate sort of summer blockbuster action movie and pretty forgettable until you view it as a franchise and you realise in this young Thor has friends and a family mm-hmm. and self-confidence, all things he will lose in the later films. And so yeah, as a yeah. starting point for an arc of movies, what a great yeah. entry this is. What a wonderful thing to yeah, have it's incredible. in the franchise. By itself, eh. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like a concrete foundation. A concrete foundation yeah. is not that great a place to hang, have a home. But you need it. <laughs> you, you, you need it to build on top of it, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's why, see, this is my whole point. So I think story-wise it's important because mm-hmm. it's the first long-term villainous story arc setup. Yeah. It's also the first, and not the first, it's the third long-term hero Yes. Yeah, yeah, setup, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So it's important for those two reasons. But like you've just said, it's the foundation of the franchise, which we haven't had up to this point. So up to this point, we've just had what seemed to be standalone films and a sequel. Yeah, connected by end credit sequence. Exactly. You can ignore the end credit sequence and it's a solo movie or a solo sequel. There you go. But this is why I think it's objectively the best film in Marvel so far. Because Marvel, as we know it, is the biggest franchise in existence. Okay, right? this is okay. You could argue this is the first MCU movie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. Objectively, yeah, yeah, yeah. the best MCU <laughs> movie so far. <laughs> <laughs> See, I knew we'd get there, man. I knew we'd get there. You've got so, there. You've got yourself there. So, Kenneth Branagh was the perfect man for this job. 
uh, okay. He was the perfect man for this job. I've got a couple reasons for this, Rob. Yeah. You're you're gonna here's how this conversation is gonna go. You're gonna disagree with me. Mm-hmm. Then you're gonna point out some stuff that's like, no, you're an idiot. And then I'm gonna drop something back to you, and you're gonna go, holy shit, yeah, that makes sense. Right. Okay. Hit me with it. Because you I'm, ready? Yeah. <laughs> let's let me strap Dude, I've, in. I've prepped this, mate. Okay. I've prepped this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ready? Yep. Not only. Is this a fucking massive sci-fi? Yeah. With enormous stakes. It also remains innately personal, right? It's like it's almost British with a focus on like yeah, royal yeah, family yeah, politics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can do the whole like it, it it appeals to like American audiences as well, obviously with like the, the US politics, yeah, the White yeah, House yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. But as a as a group of people, humans, mm-hmm. we tend to be a little bit obsessed with like Big powerful families, right? Yeah, like Succession is a TV show is that I absolutely adore because there it's just go. about the Murdochs, but not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What other famous figure in history focused a lot of his work based around royalty? Uh, I'll answer the question for you, Rob. <laughs> it's Shakespeare. No, it's Shakespearean. Don't go where I think it's you're Shakespearean. Going. Hear me out. Hear me out. It's Shakespearean in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Which means no wonder Branagh was given this film. His filmography, including obviously like Henry V mm-hmm. and Hamlet, he he takes Shakespeare. He does from the realm of this of this high art sort of mm-hmm. you know. Oh, let me rearrange my glasses. Everyone sit in a playhouse and clap very politely. He takes it from high art form and yes. presents an almost Shakespearean storyline, not characters, mm. storyline as relatable, digestible, uh, almost playful right. but most importantly it's accessible to the masses and i'm going to go as far as to say that what carl sagan mm. did so passionately and profoundly mm. for astrophysics right kenneth branner has done for translating shakespearean stories to film okay okay there's there's, there's this being a key component far oh, you fucking ruined it <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Now right. we're on to the second phase of the conversation where you're angry. Uh, no, no, no. You no, give no, me a bunch no, of grief. No. And then no. I'm going to drop something. Right. Drop what you want because you mm-hmm. just dropped your own fucking bollocks, right? To say that Kenneth Branagh <laughs> is the Carl Sagan of yeah. Shakespeare, I will stand by 100%. He is awesome. He is the key director of some of my favorite adaptations of Shakespeare's work onto cinema. Um, I think he's of course done... you have favourite Shakespeare adaptations that's such a Rob Posh boy thing to <laughs> right. have but I will not be part of a platform which which mm-hmm. I will not be part of a platform that calls <laughs> 2011's Thor by Marvel <laughs> Shakespearean right I will okay. be uninvited from every ball in my calendar how will I the show the water my polo of... team right. will They'll kick you off, man. Right. They'll be like, you're never playing water polo with us again. Right. You're excluded from all of the garden yeah. parties. You are your posh boy card. Leave it yeah. at the door. If this gets out, Ben, I will be barred from yeah. hunting the poor with a bolt action rifle. And I will not stand <laughs> for that, okay? Honestly, I'll miss you. I need my hard target Tuesdays. <laughs> I need my hard target yeah, Tuesdays. But look, okay. real Shakespeare with Branagh is something like uh, he did an adaptation of Othello with Lawrence Fishburne, who you know as Morpheus from The Matrix. <laughs> he is Morpheus. I don't know yeah, him yeah, as Othello. Yeah, yeah. As if I'm um, ever going to have seen Othello. Come on, man. Uh, but it's beautiful. Othello being the story of a, a very successful general who falls in love and gets married. Uh, the only mm-hmm. kink, the only sort of snag in that is that he's black in, in a time where that's still considered a little bit 
oh, okay. Uh, and Iago just destroys okay. him. Iago is his second in command, just destroys this man's entire life. Everyone fucking dies at the end. It's a tragedy. And it's usually played as a racist tragedy or an, a professional mm-hmm. envy tragedy. But Branagh, without changing a single word of the dialogue, but just in performance, so how he directs his actors, turns it into a kind of yeah. quasi-homoerotic betrayal of like he's fallen in like friend love with Othello and cannot imagine sharing him with a woman. It's incredible cinema <laughs> and it's incredible theatre. Marvel's yeah. Thor is directed by yes. Kenneth Branagh and Kenneth Branagh yes, is. is very good at bringing Shakespeare to the screen. I will agree yes, with you is. that far, but I will not be part yes. of a platform that says this Marvel's Thor is Shakespearean. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, hear me out. Hear me out on this one because this is the part of the conversation where I drop something and you go, all right, I see where you're right. coming from. Ready? You ready for it? I so I I don't know if I am, but 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 try me. <laughs> <laughs> this Thor story is loosely based on like Henry the Fourth, Henry the Fifth, right? The whole princes vying for father's love and uh-huh. you know, yeah, worthiness for king. I I wouldn't know because I don't fucking read Shakespeare. Yeah. Shockingly, mm-hmm. right? I've got no clue about his. But what I'm going to say to you, Rob, is that the fact that I know that this is loosely based on Henry mm. IV and Henry V. And the only reason I know that is because of researching Thor 2011. I'm not Shakespeare's audience, right? right. I'm not a person that is ever going to, to look at Shakespeare. <laughs> I am a person. I'm a very normal person. I'm just not a posh person. I'm just a person right. who is like, I would rather watch Microwave Massacre than okay. read Othello yeah, or yeah, Macbeth. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, It's yeah, not, it's I, not I my cup of tea. Yeah, I get yeah. why it is. You're the common clay of the New West. I get it. Thor has slipped under the rug a Shakespearean-esque story that I've digested Uh, and enjoyed and have taken on board and sort of come here to fucking discuss with you in a depth that I feel comfortable with. And the fact that it's all happened under my nose without me realising, all he's doing is he's going, right, so Shakespeare's up here, right? Yeah. There's a lot of people like this cunt on the podcast who says that he's not posh and doesn't read Shakespeare, right? There's a lot of people like him knocking about. Yeah, yeah. And what I need to do is I need to sort of, I'm going to I'm gonna introduce him mm-hmm. to a style of storytelling right. and a sort of branch yeah, yeah. of literature that's existed for hundreds of years. Right, okay. But he's never going to know about it because uh-huh. it's about a fucking Norse mythic god. Yes. Right? But the storylines very loosely based around yeah, okay. shit that's been being told for hundreds of years. So for me to then be presented with this Shakespearean-esque story okay, and not yeah, realise yeah, it's yeah, Shakespearean-esque yeah. until I go and do research on it, buddy, it's job well done. Okay, I will go Completely as Completely slipped under the rug. You've, you've, not, you've not swung me, but I will agree that this film is the bit of cheese that Kenneth Branagh has mm-hmm. hidden the antibiotic for his dog in, Right. Thank you. That's all it is. That's all it is. I've nommed down the fucking the Shakespeare antibiotic in that little lump of vegan cheese because yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. a I'm not a monster. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but you don't feed a dog vegan cheese because you're also not a monster. Yeah, of course not. My dog fucking loves cheese. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If she wants cheese, she will have the best cheese that money can buy. <laughs> good, good, good. But I I have a moral responsibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To eat that rubber shit that people sell out of the back of vans, which I'm pretty sure is barely classed as food. The good news right? is, Ben, the good news is it only took 40 acres of farmland and about five litres of heavy forever chemicals to make that little block of cheese you ate. So it's good yes. for the environment. But do you know what, though? Do you know what, though? <laughs> Nothing with a face or parents died in the making of it. And so you're welcome, uh... parents and faces. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I, okay. As <laughs> as as Shakespearean homeopathy, I will agree. It's very. That, that's dilute. what it is. It's homeopathy. It's Shakespearean homeopathy. It's it's rub this rose quartz and you are Macbeth. That's what it is. That's exactly what this is. Branner was the man for the job. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mate, he understood the fucking assignment. He, he understood he it did. to a T. Everyone involved in 2011's Thor understood the assignment. <laughs> right. There's not. There's not a bad performance in this fucking film. There's not one. And I refuse to hear any different. There's not one bad performance in this film. Every single person mm. is on point for what they need to be. They're, they're, it doesn't matter how big or how small their part is. The, the comedic timing and the beats of the comedy yeah. are on fucking point, man. On point. Every storyline and subplot is fleshed out to a point that's relevant to its players. Yes. So it feels believable to the characters. If not to you, yes. you can at least accept that the people involved in that storyline fully wholeheartedly I can are accept that there is, there is 50% more to the story that I'm not being shown. I, I agree with you there, right? I'd like to see the other 50%, but for runtime, they've had to just juggle. Exactly. I get it. I get it. But you also know that the people involved in those storylines fully believe the 50% mm. that you're not seeing and sort of flesh out the role to a point of where yeah. you can accept that you're not seeing the full fucking story arc, mm -hmm. but it's fine because you're still getting the full experience. It's it's incredible. Like, it's genuinely fucking incredible. There's there's one point that bothers me. The cinematography might be a little bit askew. <laughs> You're such Get a it? prick. It's because because this entire film is diagonal. It, every other shot is like 30 fucking degrees. Yeah, yeah. 30 degree tilt on every other shot. It's crazy. I, 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 genuinely, I genuinely believe at certain points that Branner just hired mm -hmm. like a really drunk second assistant director and just made it work. <laughs> the intern broke the tripod. The intern broke the iPod. That's what it is. This guy has blagged his way onto set, right? Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, man, I can, I can, I'm an assistant. I can help out with this, that, and the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Can you just set up that tripod for us? He's got no fucking clue what he's doing. He's never seen a tripod in his life. He's like, yeah, yeah, I can do that, mate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> he's tried to, like, you know, unscrew one of the legs yeah. and he's just fucking snapped it. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. I tell you what, I'll make it a creative choice. Mm. I can sell this. I can sell it. Don't worry about it. Brandon goes over and he's like, why is this on a wonk, mate? It's like, no, 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 it's not on a wonk. What we're doing is it's called it's called a Dutch angle. Yeah, Dutch angle. It's a way of, uh, for those that don't know, the Dutch angle is a way of tilting the camera and it's used for when your perspective of your character is intoxicated or confused or something's off um, and it's on the wonk. And now I've pointed it out, every film you watch, you'll start noticing them and you will hate us. But go and watch this film and you'll realise that 78% of the film is at a fucking 30 degree tilt and you're like everyone is just confused at all times yeah. everyone's confused or intoxicated or there's or something Dutch. off yeah <laughs> or Dutch oh no 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 no! I'll tell you what it is I'll tell you what it is it was the camera mm -hmm. operator was dodging bullets the entire time do you have any idea how many okay. bullets were dodged in the making of this film no right so firstly they were going to make this film long before the MCU was even conceived Okay. They were going to get Sam Raimi immediately after Darkman to do a version of Thor. Ooh, that would have been fun. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't think Sam Raimi's ever really made a successful superhero franchise. Um, <laughs> Spider-Man. He I did know. good with that. I know. I'm being a prick. Well, I mean, I, I say he did good with that. I don't like them. No, Spider-Man 2 is a classic. Spider-Man 2 is an absolute Fuck classic. Doc oh, Fuck off. Alfred Molina is Dr. Octopus. He's my Doc Ock, man. Don't don't take him from me. 
Oh, Dr. Octagon, remember? Oh. When I got confused yes. and I called it Dr. Octagon? It's fucking Cool Keith and Dr. Octagon. They released an album together like <sighs> years ago. Right, it's an okay. album that I used to be obsessed with when I was working in a tattoo store. Yeah. That's where my Dr. Octagon came like from. You story. saying that, sorry, that's just... If it, I know, it, fucking Google it. All right, it's a fine, great album. Fine. So they, they, There's a they, horse in the hospital. <laughs> they did. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> they, then, they then started talking to Mark Protasevic, who made uh, The Cell. It's going to start good. Oh, okay. It's going to start good, and it's going to get worse and worse. He made The okay. Cell. Great film. I love The yeah. Cell. Despite, awesome. In yeah. spite of starring J-Lo and Vince Vaughn, it is incredible. Uh, they then hey, made, Vince Vaughn, I'm going to fucking defend, man. I love that guy. Poseidon, which is a remake of the Poseidon Adventure, where the, the boat flips. Uh, sure. I Am Legend. Yeah, not too bad. Mm, should have had the original ending. And then Old Boy remake. In the bin. Yeah. Never forgiven. Never forgiven. He wrote a script that they were then going to get Matthew Vaughn to direct, who made Kick-Ass, Kingsman, right. the X-Men reboots, First Class, and that lot. Oh, I haven't seen him. But, but I've seen the first two. I've read parts of that script i was gonna say i've read that script it's a lie it's fucking dull yeah and it's set in the viking okay. era and would have cost about 500 million to make and bearing in mind this film made 450 not great uh, mm. when it comes to casting yeah. they spoke to a few people another couple of bullets dodged in the casting so when they were casting 2011's thor they spoke to daniel craig <laughs> Can you imagine? He would have been a good Thor. What was he? What I mean, why did he turn it down? Because he was James Bond at the time. <laughs> oh, fuck it. <laughs> fuck off with those little shitty indie movies walking around. Oh, no, I'm walking about in a tuxedo, mate. I'm an orphan. Boo hoo. Fuck off. Be Thor. Uh, Silly bastard. They spoke to Tom Hiddleston to play Thor. He's. Oh, right. Okay. I was going to say, well, yeah, because he's in the film, Rob. I imagine they had a conversation about it. <laughs> no, he was, he was in talks to be Thor. Uh, and then they eventually okay. decided against that. Did the classic Marvel thing of, of casting the hero, speaking to somebody, going, you're not right for the part, you'll play his villain instead. So just blue balls yeah, in yeah. an actor and then going, now you yeah. want it, play opposite someone and you'll really actually genuinely hate them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> fair, fair. And then they spoke, they spoke to Hemsworth. Not Chris Hemsworth, sorry, Liam Hemsworth. They were speaking to both brothers Ooh, at the same time. hell. But it's fine. That would have been a tense Thanksgiving dinner. That would yeah. have been tense, mate. I think to this day it probably still is seeing Liam's career has just gone up and up, right? Yeah, fuck, no wonder he cheated on his <laughs> wife, man. Fucking hell, can you imagine sitting opposite Thor at every Christmas dinner thinking that that could have been you? Just a juiced, juiced side of rib just there being like, <laughs> Liam, bring me my protein. And Liam's there like, yes, big brother. Ugh, no. <laughs> doesn't bear thinking about. So I think all those Dutch yeah. angles were just people dodging dodging all the bullets yeah, yeah, yeah. that they could have they could that have makes hit. sense man should we uh before we rate the movie should we play a quick game yes buddy um i have been lazy this week so we're doing more sloppy synopsis <laughs> hey, man, it's, it's, it's christmas new year all right we're in the gray days let's just this is the gray days i don't know what fucking date it is i don't know what's happening all i know is that this is going to be one messy edit hey <laughs> <laughs> right you ready yep elderly man a abducts overweight boy to replace dead wife elderly man abducts overweight boy to replace dead wife yes sir uh the skin i live in it's not it's not going to be part of this game is it <laughs> no what <laughs> it's up oh yeah oh. 
Sexy Schema tricks everyone to get his boat back. Not Moby Dick. Sexy Schema tricks everyone to get his boat back. Oh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Not Moby Dick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which one? Uh, Curse of the Black Pearl. Yeah. Did you just say not Moby Dick? Yeah. Have you not seen the film Not Moby Dick? You're, you're so book read, it's infuriating. <laughs> like, you just drop this shit and expect me to go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just call me Ishmael. <laughs> Shut up. All right, Mr. <laughs> Someone has read Moby Dick, so don't point at me and call me book read and then drop Ishmael references. <laughs> Delusional man-child claims rich businessman is dad for Christmas presents. Delusional man-child claims rich businessman is dad for Christmas presents. Yes, sir. Um, Do you want a clue? Yes, please, because I've gone a complete blank. Santa! I definitely won't have seen it. I don't watch Christmas films. Elf. Oh, yeah, I definitely haven't. I think I've so seen... Get, I've, how have you... You've never seen Elf? I've seen bits of it and I've gone... Ugh. Jesus Christ. But Othello, though. Yeah, that's right up there, isn't yes. it? Yes. Unreal. You're not a person. This You're exist. not a person. Man who's barely tall enough to be a pilot is apparently the best pilot there is. Top Gun. A standard. Yeah, Come super on. easy. <laughs> right. This is the last one. A, a spooky trio of cougars are on the hunt for a virgin. Oh, um... Ch- uh, the one with the witches. The one with the witches. Yeah. That's my God, if, it's, if it's not a th- if it's not Shakespeare or water polo or fucking garden parties or sparkling rosé, you just you are just lost. You are a puppy in a storm right now. It's hocus pocus. Come on, bud. Yeah, I've not seen that either. <laughs> Come on. What the fuck is happening, man? I tell a lie. I tell a lie. I watched Hocus Pocus when a girlfriend at the time went. This movie is incredible. You must watch this movie. It's the best film that's ever been made. Sat me down and then just kept their face millimetres from my temple and went, it's good, isn't it? Isn't it good? And I'm just there like, "Uh uh-huh. And it's it's forever. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, 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 that's fair. Yeah, Yeah, I'd agree. What are you rating, Thor? It's it's hard to hate. It, it's functional. It does it does the job of being a film. Uh, I didn't feel like I'd wasted the time I spent watching it, so I'm going to give it a very very middle of the road six point eight. It's good. Okay. It's good, but it's it's forgettable. Cool. I'm going for an eight point five. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I'm going for an eight point five. That's really it's put a ceiling. Important. That's really put a ceiling on what you can rate Marvel movies going forward, seeing as that this is objectively the best Marvel movie ever. No, so far. Not ever. Oh, so okay. far. Okay, okay, fine. Don't don't start trying to fucking misquote me already. Like, <laughs> Mr. Fucking I Love Othello. Like, it's it's purely up till this point, right? We've mm-hmm. not had a long standing villain arc. We've not had yeah, anything off world. We've not yeah, had yeah, any yeah, yeah. world building to this scale at all. It is mind bogglingly good. If I ignore what's coming after it and just focus on what we're covering, which is what we're supposed to be doing, because we are professionals, Rob, <laughs> yeah. then it's an 8.5. Have we just got time for Comment Corner? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. I have one here Ooh. on our Christian Mercado interview reel, whoop, whoop. Uh, where he's talking about making his debut feature. If you were the last, it's our latest episode. Go listen to it. Super fun. Uh, It's from Old Dead Eye Film. They say, congratulations on a further zoom out because we are further zoomed out on our cameras. We're learning. Which is, thank you, sir. We appreciate it. I can't help help the fact that my camera, which is recording directly to the camera, the preview it sends Mm -hmm. me, really wide frame. And then you go look at the files on the camera. It's like, yeah, I've given you 75% of that. 
So I just every yeah. week I'll move a little bit further back and then eventually I'll just be two pixels. Yeah, it'll be fine. We can zoom in. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, on the same reel, actually, uh, Agnes Sitar Rivera uh, said, great film, awesome movie, clap, 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 clap. Uh, I agreed. Said, isn't it? Isn't it just? But it's a bit under the radar. She said, under the radar to a lot of people. I guess it's not the big studios blockbuster, but most really good movies seldom are. I'm just recommending it to everyone I know. I was so happily surprised and impressed by it. Just loved it. And Agnes, so did we. If you were the last, yeah, it's a great buddy. film, and we recommend everyone go check it out. I think that's all we've got time for this week. That's it, guys. Thank you so fucking much for hanging out with us. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. We love and appreciate each and every one of you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you for everything. We will be continuing our Marvel Phase 1 we will. journey um, week after next. Week after next, yeah. Yes. We're starting a new one next week. Starting yes, 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 yes. Exciting. Yeah, buddy. We're gonna uh, we're gonna take a venture into some modern day exploitation movies with whoop, whoop. Craig Zahler's movies. I've n- never seen one, so I don't know if to be excited mm. or not. But whoop, whoop. Uh, I'm you gonna do be. I'm gonna do what society always does and just tell you to consume while Ben is gonna wrap up the themes and motifs of this movie into a nice little mm. motivational speech to thank you for spending an hour of your week with us, especially at the start of the week. Um, so Ben, I've prepped it. You've prepped, prepped it? it this week as well. You're yeah, no yeah. it's not good, but I've prepped it. You're no fun. <laughs> You're no fun. I love catching you off guard. <laughs> Almost as love. Yeah, yeah. Almost as much yeah. as I love telling the listeners to just consume. This week, based on Thor, I'm telling you to be yourself. Jane found what she and her colleagues thought was a homeless mental in the desert, and she still wanted to fuck him. I mean, it might be down to him being, like, ridiculously in shape and the weird British accent. Be... Be British and fit. <laughs> 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 